good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening. Thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening On podcast, where I will talk about any and everything. I am your host, Shani Beckett, again for another week. Hey, yo, I want to give a special shout out today to Miss Summer Lee. Now, for those of you who don't know who Summer Lee is, I think she may be some wrestler because it does sound like a wrestling name. Nope. Miss Summer Lee was a winner at the house level in Pennsylvania. She was the first black woman elected to Congress from Pennsylvania. Now, as you all know, I am not a big fan of the Democratic Party or the Republican Party for that matter. But with that being said, anytime a minority um, person and obviously this one being a black woman is able to be the first in anything I, I you know want to give kudos and props to that so congrats to Miss Summer Lee for pulling that off I think she beat the incumbent there Mike Dole who had been representing that district for a little bit so big upset and congrats to her and her victory nevertheless though nevertheless Wherever you may be listening, I certainly hope you have had a very, very good week because I know that I have as well. All right, ladies and gents, thank you very much for tuning in to today's show, taking time out of your busy day to download and listen to the podcast. Of course, the podcast gets played anywhere. Podcasts are getting played nowadays. So when you get around to telling your friends, family members, loved ones, relatives, neighbors, friends, somebody who you asked to spot you at the gym. They can find the podcast anywhere played by searching Are You Listening Now podcast. On those different platforms, there is a way to like the show, rate the show, and even subscribe to the show. So if you're enjoying the content you're listening to here, by subscribing, it'll alert you when a new episode is coming out. And of course, it will definitely help promote the show and push the show out to new listeners. So I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate if you can do that for me. So look for those options on the different podcasting platforms. In the description of the show notes, I leave timestamps for every segment of the show. So that way, if you don't have the opportunity to listen to the entire show, a little crunch for time, or just want to get to your favorite segment, you can time skip your way there by looking for those timestamps. So look for those in the description. But to kick off today's show, I wanted to talk about a subject that has been discussed by, it feels like everybody now. And That is the artist formerly known as Kanye West that now goes by Ye and even Kyrie Irving saying or insinuating anti-Semitic ideas. Now, this has caused a lot of different talking points. And from what I have seen online and talking to a few people has caused a lot of division Which honestly makes me feel a bit sad considering no matter how much we have different, we as humans also have a lot of things in common that we can all actually relate to. Even the things we think are different in reality or just the opposite sides of the same coin. But that's another story and a different topic for a different podcast. But today... I wanted to talk about why there seems to be such a heavy spotlight on the things that Ye and Kyrie did and why in why in some parts of the black community, this has been such a growing thought. 
For anyone that might have missed it, let me recap what both men said and did. So let's start with Ye first, since he was the first one to jump all of this off. It started by him wearing a White Lives Matter t-shirt to a Paris fashion show, which caused a lot of talks. And then shortly thereafter, he said in a tweet that he was going to go DEFCON 3 on Jewish people. On the Kyrie side of things, he shared a link to a movie that I personally have not seen, but from the reports um, that I've read, um, have a lot of anti-Semitic and anti-Christian things in it. Both men's views are misguided to say the least, but for very different reasons, in my opinion. With Ye going DEFCON anything on any people isn't going to help resolve things other than causing pain to those people and then ultimately you just prove that what you are accusing them of, you're no better yourself. This happens to be my biggest issue with Ye or anyone that thinks this way for that matter. Kyrie, on the other hand, is a little more complex than that. Now, before I dive deep, let me say that this isn't an attempt to contextualize Kyrie thoughts because no one knows what he thinks, considering he hasn't said anything other than I know who I am and I know where I'm from. One other quick thing about this. So there's a lot of people out there that saying that since he shared the link to the movie, that he must agree with everything in the film. And that's such a straw man argument, in my opinion. For starters, every single person who has said and or believes that if you think about it for a second, every area in your life, throughout every interaction that you've had, or everything that you've done, or everything that you participate in, you yourself don't totally agree with, but yet you're still a part of it whether it be at a company that you work for, a family member you disagree with, a store you shop at, a sports league that you watch, etc., etc., etc. We all have this and it doesn't mean we agree with everything about it. So please stop that straw man argument when you're trying to debate Kyrie. Circling back to Kyrie for a moment, his whole reason for sharing this from what he has said is because he wanted to share knowledge with his fellow brother and sisters so that they can learn about us, us being black people. For context on what Kyrie has said, I want to talk about a theme that has been in the black community for a while now. The thought which carries a lot of truth to it is that when black people were sold into slavery, and brought here to America, our history and heritage was taken or stolen from us. To give an example of this, it's a pretty well-known uh, fact in history that when the um, African slaves were brought over to America, their families were split up, and the ones that were chosen to work in the house took on their slave master's tendencies. Some black people for years have always felt misplaced in the West 
because of these things and of course others. So it started many people starting to research to understand where we really come from instead of just throwing out the easy answer of, you know, we came from Africa. That's baseline. But, you know, one or two actually know more about who we really are. Some of these people um, that started this, you know, turned to many religions and took on those ideologies to gain clarity, while others looked to find historical records that hadn't been talked about or was hidden, along with science to get their understanding. With this happening, a lot of black people started to believe that black people are a part of the 12 tribes of Israel, also known as God's chosen people. Just wanted to give a little bit of perspective and background into Kyrie Irving's thoughts and why he ultimately probably watched it. I don't know if he watched it, but definitely shared the post. For the ones that went and took on the religious approach, one of the most talked about passages of scripture that is used to actually back this claim was from Deuteronomy chapter 28. To paraphrase the chapter, it talked about the benefits that God would bring to the Israelites if they stayed faithful and obeyed him. And then, of course, there was the flip side of that, which was to be brought back into bondage to Egypt by ships and made to be slaves again if they disobeyed. Many of the beliefs for black people who believe they are a part of one of the 12 tribes is that at some point we didn't stay faithful to God and disobeyed him, which of course led us to being captured, sold into slavery and brought to America by ships, just like the scripture in Deuteronomy says. The other people who turned to finding historical records and using science has used a combination of a few things to kind of build this thought process and ideology. Two of the most popular information that is pointed to is that archaeologists have found evidence that shows that the cradle of life started in Africa, meaning every human being on earth came or came from here. The other piece that is pointed to is that in DNA findings, traces of all human species can be found in black people's DNA, which, of course, makes them believe that we are the original. Tie all of that together and the thought of black people being the true God's chosen people and not the white people walking around as Jews is formed. Now that we have that information out there and, you know, to provide some context, here is what I'm struggling with, with all of this. So just going to get my thoughts for a second around this. So let's just go with the thought that most black people are the real Hebrews, right? Let's just go with that 100% and say that's true. What does that really change other than finding out that we are? If that is a hundred percent true and we are God's chosen people, shouldn't that mean that we as a black people are held to a much higher standard than everyone else? Meaning that we should every single day treat everyone we come across with the same love, kindness, mercy, with grace, 
that not only God showed us, but has also commanded us to do in his word. I mean, that would mean no going deaf con anything on anybody. You know, since Ye believes that, you know, he's a messenger of God. And since Jewish is a religion, shouldn't that mean that everyone is open to joining that, including the white people who some hold contempt towards, like Ye? Probably not Kyrie, because he hasn't said as much, but definitely Ye. Speaking of that, here's my other struggle with all of this. From my point of view, everybody who identifies as Jewish grew up that way. And from what I have seen, there are many different colors in that, you know, religion other than just white. So who am I or anyone for that matter to say that those millions of people just has to forfeit their beliefs and their way of life and where they live? Again, if all of this is indeed true, does that mean that now we all have to leave America, not say we are American, even though we were born here. Now, I don't actually have the answer to those questions that I'm asking, but even if there is truth to black people being a part of the 12 tribes of Israel, I think there's enough room for that to be true and for all the men women and children who call themselves Jewish today to still be a part of it, considering there are 12 tribes. I mean, you trying to tell me that all the black people make up all those 12, that there's no room for anybody else in that. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds a little gets kind of pretentious. Does it not? For anybody who shares that belief, this has been a thought for decades, dating back pre-civil rights. Um, so this isn't something new that Ye and Kanye actually have stumbled across, even thought of. I mean, even the great Malcolm X spoke on this at one point. Now, I will say this. I do stand with Ye and Kyrie and anybody in any community, but since we're talking about the black community, who's wanting to understand and find out more about who they are and where we come from, just not at the expense of other people. Not at taking someone else's heritage from them just to make yours more real. I don't buy that everyone has to do that. And I'll call BS to anyone that thinks that they actually have to or they have the right to. I pray that both of these men and anyone else that thinks the way they do rethink their approach to this. We can continue to build and discover black heritage without destroying anyone else's. All right, ladies and gents. Let me switch to a different topic. That one I hadn't talked about yet. And it's been on my heart and mind. And yeah, I look, I'm all for the, you know, for black people, you know, getting our culture, heritage and all of that. I'm, I'm for any race of people for that matter doing that. But 
it just can't be because we're going to take away from everybody else's. Because again, if we do that, then we're no better than the Romans, for example, who did that to the Greeks when they destroyed all of them and took over their land and then stole their heritage. It's why the West, just for historical context, the principles of the West are all built from Greek culture. If you go back and study it, every single thing from democracy to capitalism to everybody basically being dependent on themselves versus a communal aspect. That's all Greek and the Romans just took it and then employed it into their ideology. And then obviously that spread it to the West. But anyway, that's a different subject that I'll maybe talk on in a later podcast. But let me get into this topic um, because so lately on some of what's called the new sports media, I have heard or listen to this growing narrative that how great a player is has very little to nothing to do with how much they won. And ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that it's really starting to bother me. Now, I don't know how this came to be. I don't know what generation to blame for this. I want to blame Gen Z so bad, but I can't since I've actually heard even some older folks say this nonsense. It's like the whole idea that you aren't defined by your success and failures in life, which is true, by the way. These folks has taken that principle and applied it to sports. And I'm sorry, you just can't do that. There is a difference in sports than in life regarding this. In life, if a man or woman works their whole life and never creates, you know, or builds a company and never gets promoted at their job and all they do is just work and then retire, or even if they just work all the way until they die, it doesn't mean that they're like losers in life or that they aren't some great person or that they lost in life. There's no winning and losing and no scoreboard that keeps score of how you do versus another person in life, because that's not the point in sports. However, this is the whole point of playing the game to quote Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. Now, I get it. In a team sport, I do understand that you can have a great player on a bad team and it's hard to say that he isn't that good since he didn't win. But with that being said, we can judge them by when they get a team that could win. What did they do? Ranking a person all time in any sports is determined by this logic and has always been this way forever until people started realizing, I think, and this is just my opinion, that their favorite player isn't going to be ranked very high. So let's figure out a way to get them there. And oh, I know, let's just say winning doesn't matter that much. Let's just say my production what my team winning doesn't matter that much. Let's just say 
that anyone that thinks this way doesn't really understand the sport. And let's just call them a casual fan. This, good people, is what in politics is called propaganda with some political speak tied to it. And I'm sorry, I'm just not going to fall for it. I rather people just say that they just like this player. So I have them ranked higher on my list than this person instead of going through mental gymnastics and making others have to do it with them. I remember I was in a barbershop once and I remember having this conversation one time with a person who was telling me and trying to convince me that Tony Romo was better than Donovan McNabb, even though Donovan won more than Tony and didn't even have as good a teams as Tony had. But because Tony had better overall numbers, that's what made Tony Romo better than Donovan McNabb. For anybody who just didn't really watch the two, McNabb has gone to four NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl. With the only all-pro level player on his team bring Brian Restbrook. Now granted, he did have Jim Jones and that defense was actually pretty good for a lot of years. But on offense, that is all he had. And very few pro bowlers. Where Tony Romo never went to a conference championship, let alone a Super Bowl. And had teams where he consistently had all pros and pro bowl level players for a large part of Tony Romo's career. Heck, the tight end he was throwing to is going to the Hall of Fame and Jason Witten. He had T.O. on the team. That's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. And yet, he accomplished far less. But, hey, this just means that, hey, because Tony put up better numbers, he's better than Donovan McNabb. This is the type of stuff makes no sense to a sports debate Considering, again, the whole point in sports is to win. My favorite basketball player, who when I you know, I actually played basketball, I actually modeled my game after him, is Tracy McGrady. And he was a heck of a player. But I'm not going to say that he was better than Allen Iverson, for example, who, as far as having teams go, didn't have a stat crew, but managed to get his team to the NBA Finals where T-Mac never even got out of the first round. And the only teammate, now granted, I'm not saying Tracy McGrady has stacked teams or anything like that. He did play with Yao Ming, however, who's in the Hall of Fame. I know Iverson had Mutombo, but I'm just saying, I guess Mutombo is obviously better on defense than Yao Ming, but Yao Ming was a far better superior offensive player and Tracy McGrady couldn't even get them out of the first round. He never got out of the first round when Iverson actually, you know, went to the championship, got out of the first round. Now granted he never won, but that is what makes Iverson better. I would be a fool to say that T Mac was better than Iverson. But by this new logic, I could actually make a case. Oh, by the way, Iverson also was a league MVP which T-Mac never got. To my people that are listening to this, if you get into these debates with these people who are actually 
talking is nonsense. Don't let these people get away with this. If your favorite player didn't win, it doesn't make them bums since they actually, you know, got to the, you know, got to the majors and got to the, you know, the pinnacle of their profession. But it just means that when you start talking about all time great players, they just can't fit in those conversations. And that's okay. All time greatness is supposed to be for a select few anyway. It's what makes them special and all time greats. If that wasn't the case, then it wouldn't be that impressive to begin with. Is why I've always also said that everybody shouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. That's why the Basketball Hall of Fame is a joke, whereas the Football Hall of Fame is more in line, a little bit better, even though they're starting to let in some cats that shouldn't be in either. The Baseball Hall of Fame, for what people want to say, is so hallowed. Well, I'm sorry, you're not letting in some players that should be in because of your own self interest and ego. So nope, I can't take your hall of fame that serious anymore either. So I guess we'll just turn to hockey. I think they do a good job. They don't let everybody in. I mean, you actually have to do some stuff. You got to be an Alex Oveskin or a Sidney Crosby and that level player to get in. So respect to the hockey hall of fame and even the tennis hall of fame, because again, same thing, but yeah, yeah. Yes, winning matters in sports. I don't care what your feelings have to say. But all right, ladies and gents, that is it for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Take a time out of your day to listen. Again, if you enjoy the content you're listening to here on those different podcast platforms, like the show, rate the show, subscribe. It would greatly help me out. I very much appreciate it. Well, until next week, I hope you all have a good week and I will talk to you all later. Peace.